Thank you for coming here. And thank God for such a wonderful day in our lives. So for those who are first time here, big welcome to you. Thank you for spending your time with us today. I'm Shane. I'm one of the pastors in this church. I grew up in China. You know, when I grew up in China, I never celebrated Christmas because I was told Christmas Day is only for Western people. It's only a Western festival. So if you celebrate Christmas, you will be brainwashed by Western ideology. Wow. If so, <laughs> let's do it. When you're a teenager, that's exactly what you want. We know today many people are celebrating Christmas. But I believe most of them only take Christmas as one of the holidays. They only see Christmas from a culture perspective. I believe many of them don't truly understand the meaning of Christmas and who Jesus Christ is. For example, I didn't know Jesus was actually born in Bethlehem. It's a place in Western Asia. So that means Jesus was never a European guy with blue eyes and perfectly conditioned blonde hair. <laughs> Christmas is translated in Chinese as Sheng Dan Jie. That means the holy birthday. Listen, I, I never thought about why it's holy. What, who is the holy one? Why everything in history is dated AD or BC? Why there are so many great universities, hospitals in China were all founded by Western missionaries? And those people call themselves the followers of Jesus Christ. I didn't care about the answers until I myself became a Christian nine years ago. So when I started reading the Bible and started experiencing the work of God in my life, I just realized that, wow, Actually, I used to think that Jesus has nothing to do with my life. But actually, the relationship between me and him should be the most important relationship in my life. That's the foundation of all the relationships of my life with others. Without that foundation, nothing will go well. Unfortunately, I proved that with my own experience. So thank God, he revealed his truth to me just as a light in the darkness. In the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 46, Jesus said, I have come into this world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in the darkness. You see, Jesus didn't say, I have come into Jerusalem. I have come into Israel. I have come into Western Asia. No, I have come into the world. 
So the light is for the world. The new good news of Jesus Christ is for all people. God wants us to know that. God wants us to know He is the light of our lives. So we don't need to be afraid of the fears or doubts we have to face every day in this world. Now let's travel back together to two thousand years ago. Let's see how did this light come into our world, and what does it really mean to us? In the Gospel of Luke, chapter two, verse eight and nine, it says, "And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night." An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So they were terrified. Verses ten and eleven. It says, "But the angel said to them, 'Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord.'" Why God? Why did God choose those shepherds to be the first one got the good news? Hey, why not the royalties? Why not the government officials? Why not those religious leaders? Why those shepherds? They didn't even have a place to sleep. They sleep in the field. They stay with the smelly sheep. But that's the beauty of God's love. God chose them because they were the people who lived in a tough environment. They were the people who lived in the uncertainty. They were fathers, sons, brothers, who worked so hard to put food on the table, and they were the people who are looking forward to a Messiah to bring hope. To bring joy to their lives, so they were so grateful. They were amazed by the good news. Angel told them. Chapter two, verses sixteen, seventeen. Luke says, "So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him." They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. So when God come to this world as a light, He must make sure even those people who lived in the darkest corner will be able to see the light. So that's why our God, He started His mission from where those people were. They were the first group of people. God want to love them because they need God's help. They need the hope. They need the love the most. So the love of God is always goes to those who need God the most. So today we are here. We don't ask ourselves a question honestly: Do we truly need God in my life? Do I truly looking forward to His light coming to my life? 
my friends, just like those shepherds, we are the people face all kinds of challenges in different seasons of life. We are the people dealing with real life issues every day. So no matter who you are, where are you from, or what circumstances you are in now, the good news of Jesus Christ is for you, and God has come to your life. He wants you to know that He will change your life. As an immigrant myself, I really want to take today as an opportunity to show my gratefulness to God for this wonderful country, New Zealand. I want to tell you a true story. Pastor Daniel mentioned a little bit of that story at the beginning. You know, actually, Christmas Day holds a very special meaning to the Christians in New Zealand because the first Christian sermon ever was preached on the Christmas Day of 1814. It was 206 years ago, in Bay of Island. There was a missionary named Samuel Marston. He arrived New Zealand on the December of 1814, and he preached the first sermon to the Maori people. He tried his best to preach in the Maori language, of course, with the help. Of his Maori friend who lived with him few years、uh, in Australia, the sermon he preached started from the Gospel of Luke, chapter two, verse ten. Do not be afraid. I guess he should be the one be afraid. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Maori haka the first time? <laughs> Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Listen, I don't know. We don't know. You know what those Maori people felt when they first heard a European guy preaching in Maori language to them. But you know what it feels when you hear a Chinese man preaching in English to you. Can I have a water? Thank you for your mercy. <laughs> the good news over two thousand years ago, declared by the angel, was just the same message preached two hundred and six years ago by Samuel Marston, and it is just relevant to us today. We're going to understand this good news. This message of Jesus Christ is for all the people, in every generation, from all nations, representing every culture. When Jesus said, "I have come into this world as a light," so how does God bring His light into our lives? So the first point I'm going to share with you today is that He will guide me when I have doubts. After Jesus was born, there are three wise men from the east came to look for Him. We know they are wise men, but 
They were not locals. So they didn't know the streets of Bethlehem. So they went to Jerusalem first to ask the king, the Jewish king, Herod, where Jesus was. Herod didn't know as well, and neither. But Herod thought, wait a minute. This Jesus sounds like a new king to take away my power. Okay, it doesn't sound good to me. So Herod said to those wise men, hey, please. Find out where this Jesus is, because I'm going to worship him as well. But as we all know, his plan is to kill Jesus. So in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it says, After those wise men had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They didn't know where to go. They couldn't find the direction. They couldn't find the location. But God raised a star in the sky. And going ahead of them, to guide them all the way from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, right to the place where Jesus was born. What an amazing miracle. So when we are unsure of the future, when we don't know which direction to take, remember, Jesus is the light, and he has come to your life to show you the way. He will reveal the right direction to you through his word, through your prayers, or through his people around you. There are so many ways Jesus can use to show you the right way, to guide you onto the right path. After worshiping the newborn Jesus, the wise men were going to make another mistake. They want to go back to tell Herod where Jesus was. Okay, they, they, I mean, they couldn't do that because Herod wants to kill Jesus, but they didn't know. So Bible says, God stopped them from doing that. Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. By another route. Actually, the wise men shouldn't have go to see the herald at the first. Because they didn't need to do that. But now they're going to make the same mistake again. But this time it's serious. Because they would tell Herod where Jesus was. So God stopped them. Once again. God guide them onto the right path. He says another route. My friends, do you got that kind of moments in your life? Do you feel, man, there's something wrong in my life. But, but I just don't know how to make it right. I don't know. I want to stop. 
from making the same mistake again and again, but I just can't stop. I want to stop from living in regrets. I don't want to live in regrets anymore, but I don't know how. I don't know how to change my life. We don't know how, but God knows how to change. If you feel so, it's time for you to change from your own way to the new way God has made for you. It's time for you to change from following your own opinions to following God's guidance for your life. Because Jesus is the light. He can always show you the right way. The second point I'm going to share with you is he encourages me when I am discouraged. The Gospel of Luke Chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a censor should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while, um, while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. All Caesar wants to know is how many people in my empire who were able to tax. Okay, so Joseph and Mary, they had to travel all the way back from Galilee to, uh, to Bethlehem because Joseph was from there. We all know Mary was already pregnant. For her to travel 150 kilometers from Galilee to Bethlehem on the donkey, it was not fun. Not only that, when they arrived, birthly him, there's no guest room available for you. Sorry, guys. So that's why Jesus was placed in the manger. And after Jesus was born, right after he was born, they were told, here was searching for you. So they had to escape from birthly him to Egypt. On the donkey. Again. I mean, what kind of a journey is that? How tough was that? It, it doesn't sound very encouraging for someone who trusts God so much. When my first child, Hannah, was born in the North Shore Hospital, the half floor of that building was under renovation. So right after Hannah was born, We've been told, sorry, you have to transfer to the daycare center in Parnell. It was only 20 minutes drive from North Shore to Parnell. But I feel life is tough. <laughs> it's unfair. It's so hard. Think about what Joseph and Mary had been through. However, one night, one matter, well, no matter what happens, everything is under God's control. The location of Jesus' birth had been prophetically foretold 700 years before Joseph and Mary came to Bethlehem. So the Roman sense was ordered by Caesar for taxation purpose, but it was used by God for a far more important purpose than Caesar's could ever know. 
It was used to fulfill the prophecy and point to the greatest the ruler of all time, the Messiah. Come on. You know, so in the, in the later, the apostle Paul um, wrote to the church of Roman. He says in chapter 8, verse 28, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things, including the good and the bad, the positive and the negative. For what Joseph and Mary experienced was not fun. It was not good. It was rough. However, despite all the difficulties, God still fulfilled his purpose. I mean, how can anyone compete with a God like that? So what we can learn from this is that when God makes his plan for your life, he has taken into account everything, everything you will go through. Nothing will surprise God. God doesn't need a plan B. When you are in a tough environment, when you are in a tough time, for example, the year 2020, you might say to yourself, hey God, will you still fulfill your promise in my life? Because it doesn't seem to happen now. No! When God planned for your life, he already took everything into account, including year 2020, in order to fulfill his purpose for your life. When I was studying construction in Unitech, there was a paper called Estimation. It's basically teach you how to do budgeting for your building project. So we have to calculate the cost of all the materials, all the labor, all the delivery. And then we add those numbers together. So that's the budget. So after we get that number, our lecturers say to us, okay, now add another 15% on top of that. That's the extra money you are going to spend for your project. What? 15%? Why? Because you never know. You never know what is going to happen in your project. And it will happen. That's the truth of life. It will happen. So if you don't have this 15% in your pocket, and you show your budget to your client, you will be in trouble, young man. You will be in trouble. And he was true. He was true. Once again, I proved that in my own experience. That was not fun. So it's not just the truth of construction, but also the truth of life, isn't it? The difference is the life is much more complicated than a building project. So that's why we must put our life in the hands of God. Because he knows life better than we do. He is a much better manager than I am. God knows what is going to happen. He knows how long it will take and how much it will cost. 
so he will have all the solutions in place in advance. Dear friends, brothers and sisters, I believe that many of you here today already heard the story of Christmas many, many times in your life. But I also believe there were people here, you probably just like who I am, who I used to be. You know, we don't think, we didn't feel like Jesus has any relationship with me. This man has anything to do with my life. We didn't feel that way. But today, God is telling you, he is the light for the world. His good news is for all the people, including you and me. So you're going to follow him, my friend. Follow him. Take him as the light in the darkness. So in this Christmas season, like I said before, many people only take it as one of the holidays, only see it from a culture perspective. But we don't do that because we are different, because we know the truth. Let's take time in this Christmas season. Let's take time to think something big, to think something really important for you. What's the ultimate purpose for your life? Where do you see yourself in five years, 10 years, or even 20 years? Don't ignore those big questions because they are so important to you. They will define what you are going to take the next step. They will define what you are going to do now. So let's pray for it and meditate on it. So for those who are not Christians here today, friends, like I said before, follow Jesus as following the light in darkness because he will guide you when you have doubts. He will encourage you when you are discouraged. So this Christmas, let's take Jesus, your light. Thank you. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, my dear Lord, I thank you for coming to us 2,000 years ago. And even today, Lord, we're still talking about you. We're still sharing your good news from the people, for the people all around the world. Lord, look at us. Look at the people sitting in this auditorium today, Lord. We're literally from all around the world. But today, Lord, the whole world comes to you to worship you, my Lord. Please help us, Lord. Help us to find the truth. Help us to follow you closely. Follow every step to know you better. Lord, in this Christmas season, Lord, you will help all of us. You will reveal your plan for the new season in our lives. Lord, whoever knocks the door, you will open the door for them. Lord, I also pray for all the people here. You will protect us. Lord, may your peace, your love, your grace be with us forever. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.